for the past few weeks, we've had our series called Christmas. And uh, it was an intended misspelling because we say that it is very possible to go through the season and completely miss Christ in the midst of a culture that we find ourselves in. It's an amazing journey of just making sure that we focus our affection and our attention on Jesus during this cultural time where the world stands still and some people don't celebrate for the purpose of Christ, but we, his children, redeem a moment like this for this very reason, to make sure that our lives is centered around him again. Who of your children would like to go to one of your friend's birthday party, all the kids. Do you like doing that? Michelle loves it. It's not just the kids. Any adults liking to go to your, your, your friend's birthday parties? We hosted one on Friday night at our home, and it was, it was fun. Friends of ours from Pretoria visiting, and it was her birthday, and we made it a big effort. But I want to ask the kids a question. Imagine you are there at the birthday party, and it's the biggest jumping castle you've ever seen. Now I'm seeing smiling faces and hands going like this. And all the candy that you can dream about, and there's a bottomless spook awesome machine, candy floss machine. Is it sounding good? And imagine you can swim all day long, and there's no parent to tell you you've had enough sugar. Does that sound like a good party? Now, would you want to do that party if your friend whose birthday it is is not there? Probably not, right? And you see, we could easily have Christmas without focusing on Christ. It's a simple story to share from a kid's perspective. So let's open our Bibles in Luke chapter two that speaks about this moment, this mesmerizing moment when the heavens opened and the exclamation of the birth of the Savior of the world is shared with the shepherds. The context is incredible. Jesus is just born a little bit further down the road, not where the shepherds are. And I want you to listen to it differently this morning. I want you to listen to how he is announced and exactly to what the angels say about him. Let's read together Luke chapter two. We're gonna read from verses eight all the way through to 14. And I'm reading from the ESV translation. There were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that'll be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on the earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray this morning as we study your word that you would speak to our hearts. Pray that you would anoint it under the power of your Holy Spirit and that we would leave here with a greater revelation that you are the one who draws us unto you and you are the one that's paid the full price so that we too can join in this angel song saying glory to God in the highest. We pray, Lord, that as we leave here, that we would be people that you are well pleased with and that the peace of God that transcends all understanding would rest upon us in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm simply titling my message this morning, King Jesus. 
we just sang about him. We just sang to him. And on this night, the shepherds were just doing what they were doing and they were interrupted all of a sudden by this good news that brings great joy. It's amazing, those words. We've got good news that brings great joy. Not just a little bit, not just some great joy. And if we get the good news again this morning, it will leave us here with great joy to go into this week. When you look at that word king, I realize that our earthly view and understanding of royalty is very limited, especially today. 2,000 years later, culture has changed so much, the idea of what royalty looks like is probably diminished for us here in South Africa to the royal family, would you agree? I know some people that follow the royal family like it's like their family, you know? Just they buy the Hello magazine and they are online and just having another baby and they're super excited and there's gonna be a boy or a girl and I'm not like that. just by the little side note. (laughs) But we've got a limited view and possibly a lowered view of what King Jesus really means. Because we we see a family that's locked up in a palace behind bars with a guard that changes all the time where the message of Christmas is completely accessible and completely welcoming and draws people onto Jesus. So this morning I wanna do a little bit tongue in cheek And I want to juxtapose the royal family and the royal births of the successors of the throne of England to the message of Jesus. Can we do that? And it's going to include the kids this morning with some pictures, and we're going to do a couple of comparisons. So we're going to look at three contrasts between what we understand as royalty in our culture today versus this message that the angels just brought to these shepherds. And the first one is, it was an insignificant birth, but it had indescribable worth. The word insignificant means not much to mention. It's not great and big news, it's nothing big. It's just, it's very simple, it's insignificant. If it was that insignificant, why would we gather here this morning, 2,000 years later, to the very same story? If it was that insignificant, why would people gather billions around the world on this day And maybe they say the name of Jesus once. Now, Jesus came in a very insignificant way. I did a little bit of research. And when the Prince George of Cambridge was born, 2013. See, I know my royal family. (laughs) Thank you, Wikipedia. By that time, Kate and William has spent quite a lot of money on their apartment in Kensington Palace. Okay, So they've got apartment 1A which was standing empty for quite a long time. And it said that by the time they were done with the renovations, they've spent 80 million rand on renovating this apartment. And of course, the one place where a lot of money has gone into was the nursery. Now I want you to imagine for a moment what the royal nursery would look like for possibly the future king of England. And they had some of the top designers out in the UK say, would you design a nursery for us, and two came out tops, and they posted it in the, in the Hello magazine, and this was the one picture that I looked at, just, that's beautiful, eh? all the moms go like, yes, I want that, all the dads go like, put it off, we don't want them to look at it, there's a piano in there, there's a little bench, I mean, I, I can go through it, but you can see it, kind of, um, don't go and Google it afterwards, it's not that pretty, um, but that was one of the designs, now I want to ask the children, if you could have your ultimate 
bedroom, what would it look like? I think the boys would probably like something of this kind with a tree house. All the boys, you like that? Say yes. Maybe there's some girls who's adventurous. Maybe the girls would like something out of Candyland. Ooh, that's pretty. You know what's amazing about this story? There's a little bit of an obscure moment that just, I can imagine the, the, the shepherds going, wait, what? The angel said to them, this will be the sign that you found Jesus. Not a perfect nursery in a palace. Not the most expensive room around the world. He says, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Can you imagine, they just heard the news that the Savior is born, the Messiah has come, and I can imagine them thinking, okay, we've got to go down to Jerusalem and, and find the most glorious, most perfect royal place, because that's where it'll be, and then the angels come with a little bit of a blind side and say, no, wait a minute, you're going to find him in a place, in a stable where animals eat, where it smells, and this is what it looked like possibly the room that Jesus arrived in. See, in comparison to what the world tells us royalty looks like, this is insignificant, right? It doesn't compare much. There was nothing spent on the arrival nursery of Jesus' birth. Insignificant in light of the world and the culture we surround us in. But here's the indescribable worth that was given Jesus on this night. Just listen to these words of the angels. The glory, it says, first of all, that the glory of the Lord shone around them. And then a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. So these shepherds were there, the, the, the heavens opened up, there's an angel that appears and he said they were surrounded by the glory of God. You could spend 800 million on your apartment, but you'll never get close to the glory of God. And when Jesus arrived, the glory of God was there, and they were surrounded by it. And this is the Christmas message. Insignificant, maybe, but indescribable in worth. And then the, the heavens ripped open, and all these angels stood, all lined up, ready to sing a song of glory and praise to God, saying, glory to God in the highest. Imagine the thunderous sound of all these angels singing together. You know what's interesting about the royal birth? You've got people who's on their Twitter and ready to, to see that the baby has arrived. And then people go onto to the screen for that moment that the prince and the, and the princess or the duchess comes out and presents the baby to the world. A royal birth might light up a few thousand screens, but Christ's birth lit up a few thousand galaxies. All of heaven paused. All of heaven went quiet and then loud for a moment at the sound of the arrival of Jesus Christ. I don't know where you stand this morning. Maybe it's insignificant to you. A baby in a manger, some animals, interesting story. But I know that if you meet Jesus and you walk with him, it's indescribable. And the worth he carries in us and in his bride, his church today, is unmatched to anything that you've ever seen. The second thought I wanna share with you is that the birth of Jesus was not exclusive, it was all inclusive. It was meant for every single person. 
It, was, it, it took place at an innkeeper's house in the stable where the animals were laying, probably sleeping at night. I can imagine how Mary and Joseph scurried in there and, and the cows and the sheep had a little bit of a fright because they're usually sleeping that time and the chickens were going all crazy because someone is arriving at their front door and all of a sudden there's a baby screaming. But you know what I love about the message of Jesus is that it wasn't exclusive like the nursery we just saw and it was all inclusive. The wise men, the shepherds, the animals, the innkeeper, everyone was included in the story. You, me, your family, your friends, everyone is included in this story. Unlike the picture of the presentation of the royal baby where they are guarded and they go out for a couple of minutes and it's probably timed, like just stand there Council 90. And I can imagine the secret service standing like, okay, be ready, be watching if there's someone in a gray shirt, just make sure that he's not coming close. And then all of a sudden they turn around and it's all over. So exclusive. No one's welcome. No one is coming up and saying, yes, congratulations. And then the whole world watches. And then they go back to their barricaded places and no one is allowed to get close to this child and this child is not even allowed to have a best friend at school. That's what it says, the places where they go to school, they're not allowed to have a best friend. It's a weird setup and I'm not judging by any means. I'm trying to compare the message of Jesus that although he arrived in a manger, he included everyone. He was there for all the people and he arrived for all the people. This is what the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All roads of life, regardless of where we've been, what we've done, regardless of your culture, your background, your race, your differences, your opinions, when Jesus arrived, it was good news for everyone and everyone is included. Jesus draws unto himself the simplest of shepherds and the wisest of men. The story spreads far and wide, and everyone is impacted by this all-inclusive story. It's not far off. And the Bible says that he draws all men unto himself. So insignificant maybe, but indescribable. Secondly, completely not exclusive, but completely all-inclusive. Everyone is welcome. And then the third thing I want to share this morning about this message is that he brought us present peace and a future feast. And this is a little bit of a twist in the story, and I'm gonna end it by taking us to another celebration. But think about the arrival of a royal baby, the hopes of a nation that maybe this is the one that will lead us to world peace. Maybe this is the one that will say the right things and do the right stuff so that we can eventually have peace in the future. And then there's a massive feast around the arrival of this person with the hope of peace. With Jesus, it's the other way around. There was immediate present peace. The moment that Jesus Christ stepped into this world, God himself incarnate in man, he brought perfect peace to us. And then he gives us the promise of a future feast that is gonna be unmatched to anything that we have ever seen. The angel said, born this day in the city of David, a savior, who is Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom 
he is well pleased. It takes me to my second and last picture of the royal family and their celebrations, and it's the royal wedding. This year, 1.9 billion people tuned in to see the wedding of Harry and Meghan. But there's a feast and a wedding day, and I love what Brian said this morning, the story doesn't terminate at the birth, it continues. The upbringing of a boy that astounded even the wisest of men with his wisdom. Then the life he lived before us, perfect, showing us an example and pointing to the Father. The death he died that we should have died, and then he was resurrected, and he's gone to prepare a place for us, and the feast is going to come when he returns, and it's the ultimate royal wedding, where the King of Kings comes to fetch us, his bride. Isn't that amazing? So the birth might have looked insignificant and small, but there's nothing, even if 1.9 billion people tunes in, that'll compare to the arrival of our groom, the wedding feast of the Lamb who comes and fetches his bride. Those who understood the peace that he brought and who lived according to it and in whom he is well pleased. You know, millions might have had a glimpse at the royal wedding, but at Jesus' wedding feast, when he comes for you and me, walking down the aisle to get us his bride, when all of heaven surrounds him in the procession and all the angels stand in position and the trumpet sounds with the most beautiful music you've ever heard and he walks down, steps back into earth one more time and says, I love you, you are beloved and I chose you. No royal wedding that we see on earth could ever compare to that. And 1.9 billion people will be trumped by every knee bowing and every tongue confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the story of Christmas that we're celebrating this morning. That's the good news. And I want to read to you out of Revelation this final moment that we are waiting for. It says this, Then I heard what seemed to be the thunderous voice of a great multitude, like the sound of a massive waterfall and mighty peals of thunder crying out, hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt him and give him glory because the wedding celebration of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen shining bright and clear has been given to her to wear. And the fine linen represents the righteous deed of his holy believers. An insignificant birth surrounded by indescribable worth. Not exclusive. Everyone is welcome. It offers us today, not in the future, today, immediate peace. But it also promises a matchless feast in the future. The question we've got to ask ourselves according to the scripture, will we miss the essence of Christmas and be a bride who has not made herself ready? Or will we remind ourselves that this story and this message is an opportunity for us to look inward and ready ourselves for the greatest party ever, the day that Jesus comes and every tongue, not 1.9 billion, every tongue, will bow and 
will say, Jesus, you are glorious. You are beautiful. You are indescribable. You are matchless. There is none like you. I don't know where you stand with this story this morning. I don't know how you approach this week and these thoughts. Maybe you're just waiting to get out of here. We'll get there in a few minutes. There's an opportunity for you to to compare these images in your own heart. The arrival of Jesus and the second arrival of Jesus. And asking yourself, in between these two spaces where we find ourselves, am I being prepared and am I preparing myself so that one day when He comes, I'm part of this great feast that is planned. Lord Jesus, thank you for your perfect peace that is now here with us that is within us, that is around us because you have come into this world. Thank you, Lord, that you are incomparable to anything we've seen in this world. There's nothing that stands against you and and next to you that counts of any worth if we had to see the full glory of who and what you are. It's like dust against a Halderberg. Lord, and I pray this morning that we would investigate our hearts. I pray this morning that you would speak to us so that we take this message to our family and friends this week and that we would find indescribable worth in you again, that we would be all-inclusive in how we share our Christmas week. And ultimately, Lord, that we would celebrate that peace and be hopeful of the living hope of a future feast when you come and take your bride to be with you for eternity. We honor you for this message this morning and we praise your name.